1: Big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. And speaking of sexy, everyone, the person who embodied sex appeal in the most fascinating and interesting way would have to be the artist known as Prince. It's been more than two years since we lost music icon Prince, but our love for him and his music, our fascination with who he was and what he represents, gender bending, fashion bending, music bending, creativity, all of it is still with us. And today we're going to have a celebration of his life and we're going to get to hear some very interesting things about him in this special edition of Modern Love, because with us today is author Dwayne Tidal, who is here to pull back the Paisley Curtain as he chronicles Prince's rise from cult favorite to the biggest rock star on the planet who inspired millions. And we all know music is a healing balm, and my mother used to say music soothes the savage beast. And here at Modern Love, we know that music is part of setting the mood for romance. And music is so important. In fact, it accelerates healing if you check out the latest science on the right kind of music. And we want you to accelerate the healing of your love, the growth, the expansion of your capacity to love. And that includes your relationship with money which is why on November 10th in our Modern Love Training Center we have an all-new program called From Money Madness to Accelerated Abundance. And you can register right now for that full-day training from 10 to 6. It's very intensive. It's not for everybody. It's only for those who really want to break through and get to Accelerated Abundance. You can register on Eventbrite. And we'll see you here in our Modern Love Training Center. So let's take our Ask Dr. Brenda question. And by the way, you can visit us at www.drbrendawade.com or be right here in our Modern Love Training Center. Here's our Ask Dr. Brenda question. I love your questions. Keep them coming. Dear Dr. Brenda, I just lost a lot of weight and I want to get rid of clothes that don't fit anymore. I have a friend who's about the size I used to be. I have a lot of great suits and dresses and different things she may like. I'm just unsure of how to bring it up to her so I don't offend her. Sometimes people get weird around weight loss. Do you think I should offer the clothes to her? Clothes horse and Tacoma. Well, having gone to school in Tacoma for four years and lived and worked in Tacoma for a year, I think everybody there could use a little extra fashion. I'm just saying, but... I think what you want to say to your friend is, I've decided to let go of my clothes, and do you have any ideas of places I can donate or send them? And if she wants them, she'll say, hey, let me go through them. But don't offer them to her directly. I think you're right to be very careful and sensitive because we have a lot of craziness in our culture about weight and about size. People tend to define themselves when in fact what matters is the size of your heart and your capacity to love. So show some love to your friend, okay, close horse, and say hi to Tacoma for me. Well, let me introduce you to our guest, documentary filmmaker and author, Dwayne Tadal is here to discuss the man behind the music, his obsessive drive, his demand for total control, and how Purple Rain catapulted him from a cult favorite, to a superstar, and what's in his mysterious and legendary vault. Duane spent 20 years interviewing over 40 band members, singers, and engineers for his acclaimed book, Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions, 1983 and 1984. He'll share their personal never-before-heard stories from inside the studio recording Purple Rain, as well as music, for a half dozen artists and bands. You are about to learn why Prince decided to turn his back on almost everything involving Purple Rain and what it was like to spend 17 hours a day alone with the Prince in the studio. Okay, welcome to the show, Duane Tidal.
0: Hi, Dr. Brenda. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Well, I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about Prince. But first, where were you when you heard that he had passed away?
0: Wow! Uh, like uh, a lot of people that were fans, I um, I was working because it was the morning. I'm on the West Coast, and uh, I got I started getting texts and calls, and and uh, I was about to con- I was the supervising producer of a TV show and I was about to conduct my weekly meeting, and I just got the news literally minutes before I had to go to the meeting, so I had to go into the meeting with a crowd of people, and I just started the meeting by saying what happened, and that Prince had passed, and everybody, we spent the next two hours, everybody just telling their Prince story, and it realized, something that occurred to me when that happened was that a lot of people who are fans of Prince think they're in like a little, I don't want to say cult, but a little bit of a small group, and then when he passed, you start to realize that they... This is a worldwide event. They they decorated the uh, – they lit the Niagara Falls purple and Eiffel Tower. and.
1: Oh, my God, I didn't yeah. know that.
0: Yeah, all around the world. Niagara Falls was purple. purple and the yeah. three
1: fell in Paris, both the
0: French so, love him. Wow. So yeah, All around the world there were things like that that got colored purple for the night. Mm. And you realize that there was something about him that united black and white, gay and straight, Religious, non-religious Everybody, male and female There was something about his music that unified And something you said earlier I want to I go back to You said music heals You are so right Because music, it, it, it generates a, um, a frequency
1: Yes, that, it does That does Absolutely. heal
0: people And, and it, 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 it touches everybody And these vibrations are important Because they go so deep into us And they trigger uh, a range of emotions That exactly. literally you literally get goosebumps from the music. Now imagine exactly. if you had the ability to create if you had the ability to create goosebumps in people, wouldn't you do that all the time?
1: Oh and my that, god. Yes. And and is. you're defining Prince when you say goosebumps.
0: Mm-hmm. So I have to
1: tell quickly my, my Prince story. I would always wanted to go to a Prince concert and a friend of mine said to me, If you could go to any concert, what would it be? I said, Well, you know, I think I'd like to see Prince. About a month later, my friend came back to me and said, we have tickets to a Prince concert. I was like, oh, my God. So, of course, I pulled out my purple, because i was going to go in purple. Yes, of course. And we show up, and we had front row seats at the Oracle Coliseum. I almost fell over, because I had no idea he had purchased these special tickets. This was probably, we're talking five years ago.
0: Okay, okay.
1: He was here, okay. and he came He came unexpectedly. Right. And suddenly there was a two-day Prince run that was going to happen. And when he came on stage, he said, Okay, I just announced the show a week ago, and people said, You're not going to sell the show out. He said, How long did it take to sell out the show? And everyone started shouting, Three minutes! Three <laughs> minutes, because literally both shows Sold out in three minutes, and they added a third show and sold that out too. And on that night, let me just say it here he is. I'd never seen him live. He was so beautiful and mm -hmm, fluid mm -hmm. and so in command. Yep. And the music was fabulous. And all of a sudden, uh, he had, you know, there's that sort of hatch to the circular stage and Oracle. So the stage sure. is turning and all of a sudden the, the hatch door is open and you hear this, da-da-da, da da and out comes Carlos Santana.
0: Wow. And he had
1: Sheila E. And wow. it just went on and on. So talk about a night I will always remember.
0: That's amazing. Pressure, That's amazing. I think, I, I, I feel bad for the people that never got to see him in concert uh, because he really is one of the best performers ever. Yes. And the, the, the control he has over the audience and the abilities he has, and the musical skills, and he just lives music, lived music. Yeah, that and a, his he, absolute
1: yes. certainty that he could put two shows on in the Oracle arena. Yes. How many people does it hold?
0: A lot, a lot. A lot,
1: and sell out
0: Yep, with only one
1: week's notice. I mean, he, he knew. He,
0: how many performers can do that on a whim, especially not having had a hit album for several years, to mm. be able to go do that? And that's part of the the, the magic that I think people almost – took for granted about Prince you know it's you have a guy that can do all that stuff by himself he didn't even need to promote it that much just show up say I'm here and you'll get a crowd with Prince and and he's wow. also the celebrity so what, celebrity what is it,
1: everybody knows about Purple Rain and that yes. fabulous album but you're the insider give us some inside information what's your most surprising take on the iconic album Purple Rain
0: I think the most interesting thing to me about that is that a lot of the stuff he did by himself, uh, songs like When Doves Cry and The Beautiful Ones, which are on the Purple Rain album, he would go into the studio by himself and then come out you know, 15, 16 hours later with that song.
1: He'd go in by himself? And yeah, by himself.
0: An engineer and him... Would be the two, only two people would be oh, in there. Wow. And, and he played every instrument. He played drums and then he played bass and he played. He
1: guitar played all and, the instruments in the song? Everything.
0: Everything. He, he's,
1: I had no that idea. Kind of,
0: yeah, and that's, the, that's the, the wonder of something like that. He so not he only played produced the drums, we
1: know he played guitar. What else did he yes.
0: play? He played keyboards, he played drums, he played bass, he played, uh, gosh, you name it. The only thing he didn't really play was saxophone. He tried it, it didn't work out. So um, drums, was... guitar,
1: keyboards, bass, of course, vocals, and piano,
0: learned. yeah, just pretty much everything that they handed to him to play. He was not only good at it; he was great at it. He was on the cover of Bass Player magazine, and Guitar Player magazine, and Drummer magazine, and, and Keyboard magazine. Really? He, you don't get. Hey, I'm learning to be things on the cover I had no
1: years. idea that i on all those instruments. It's
0: amazing, amazing, and do all the vocals himself, produce it, wrote it, produce created it, it,
1: write it, create yeah. it, and yeah. play all the instruments.
0: Yeah, and nobody does it. that. Nobody does that.
1: Nobody does that. You're right.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I don't know any other
1: musician who can do it. But I have and, no and the idea. And the other thing
0: about somebody like that is, is there's uh, three things that, that he gets with this: is critics love him, mm-hmm. fans adore him, and other musicians respect him. You don't get those three things very often with a performer. Yeah, that and makes so, sense. Yeah, that he's totally makes
1: sense. Yeah. Wow. So, but when
0: Rain, just you know was was his launch. He had mm-hmm. done nineteen ninety nine, which was a success, but it was the launch of him becoming the superstar and what and was that it was, in
1: the song that
0: captured people? I think when he did Purple Rain it was the first time he did real guitar rock. Purple Rain is oh. a is a is a is a rock song if you listen mm-hmm. to it. It mm-hmm. it could be a country yeah, it, it could be a rock song. And it's it's epic, it's it's uh um and, and you, you hear the guitar and you 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 kind of feel this emotion and I most of us are still trying to figure out what the song means but he's speaking to you on a musical level and yes. like we talked about the goosebumps, you're getting the goosebumps. Yes well Rama you know has- there's
1: another thing. I always thought about this when I heard the song on a mystical level. Purple yes. is the highest frequency
0: Absolutely color. absolutely and he was
1: evoking this energy. I mean I always found it profoundly spiritual and absolutely. energizing. And it was a rock
0: rock song that had this this spiritual energy in it. I will tell you a little thing. Some of the people told me that I thought was fascinating talking about the energy. Mm -hmm. He is the kind of performer and person, and this is from – I interviewed for my book. I interviewed uh, probably 40 to 50 people who worked with him daily, Uh, his band members, the members of the revolution, members of his singers, the producers, engineers around him. And they all said a similar thing. He had the kind of energy that he could either turn on or turn off. He could either be the most important person in the room, or he could shut that off and you could almost not notice him. Wow. And that's something that people don't know is that he could turn that off. Whereas, you know, in the concert, you couldn't help but look at him. You're not even looking at band members; you're looking at him. That's
1: true. That's but, absolutely but true. I couldn't take my he could also turn that off.
0: off, and all yeah. of a sudden he would show up in somebody's office and just be standing there, and they're going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! When did you walk in?" That kind of thing. He he just operated on a level of frequency that was different than the rest of us
1: huh yeah. oh goodness gracious mm-hmm. i'm learning a lot listening to you duane and things are making more sense about who he was <laughs> he was also someone who wasn't afraid to have other performers on stage you know he right. launched so many singers he had dancers like misty copeland Yep. Uh, he had, uh, you know, as I said, Sheila E. and Carlos mm-hmm. Santana. He was never afraid to have other powerful artists on the stage with him.
0: Right. If you look up, uh, if people want to know uh, what he can do, look up Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when he's on stage with uh, 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 um, Tom Petty and uh, Jeff Lynne and other people, and he does a solo for While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And it's like a five-minute solo, but there's... Nobody else that you even look at. He's just there and you can't help but look at him. But he's Okay, right so this there is Rock
1: me. and Roll Hall of Fame
0: yes. and it's a uh, video
1: for
0: yes. okay. uh why my guitar gently weeps and look at. i on you know YouTube. I'm so gonna
1: be looking at that okay. as soon as we're done yeah. here, right? It's a good one. Everybody it's a good else one. will too.
0: It's a good one. It's now, a good one. Now what's
1: your favorite, favorite song? Wow.
0: Uh his? you know, i as a fan he did forty years of music. Um I would say probably from the Purple Rain era, my favorite song would be Let's Go Crazy.
1: Let's Go which, Crazy. I don't think yeah. I know that song.
0: Well, it's a, it's, a, it's the best song to start an album with. It starts off like a gospel church uh, meeting, and it goes in this huge rocking song that gets you uh, into the movie, into the album. It's the best lead-off song he di- ever did, as far as I'm concerned. And it does – and it's also in- encompassing. It's, it, it, it's, he's saying Let's Go Crazy. It's not I'm – going to go crazy. Oh, like, I see. You know, let's go crazy. Let's got all it. Of us. Got He's it. Saying, okay. saying, Dr. Brenda, get up here with me and let's go crazy. And all you're right. Like, I'm there, Prince. I'm, I'm there.
1: there. I'm there. Yes, Sign exactly. me up. I will yes, absolutely yes. go crazy with you. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what is most underrated album or song?
0: Um, The Around the World in a Day is really a great album. It's the song. The album Around the World
1: in a, a Day? In then. a
0: Day. It, it came oh, out with that right after Purple Rain and it's a really good album, but it kind of got overshadowed by Purple Rain. That's a great album. He's done acoustic albums. Uh, he just came out with an album uh, last September, this past September, called uh, Piano on a Microphone, 1983. And it's just him sitting at the piano taping himself playing Purple Rain. Wow. In the field. Very quiet, subtle album that's really worth listening well, to. What sounds
1: it. beautiful.
0: If you enjoy, I mean, I'm, I'm an art fan, and I mm-hmm. went and saw a Picasso exhibit and saw Picasso's sketches. This is like that. You get to see... And understand a master how they create. And that to yeah, me, is part of the. That makes the sense. Joy. You're
1: looking at yeah. kind of the bones, if you will. Yes,
0: exactly. Behind it
1: all. So, do men and women have different memories of Prince or different experiences of him?
0: You know what's funny? He was great at bringing women in to, uh, to empower them. The things he had them uh, uh, um, engineering and playing musical instruments were things that. that that hadn't been done as much before. Uh, his engineer during *Purple Rain* was a woman named Peggy McCreary. Peggy Really, Mack, and she was a, uh, uh, one of the first female engineers. And he, uh, she worked with him, and he said, "I want you to do all this stuff." And then he had somebody named Susan Rogers, who also did stuff. He was very much into female power and empowerment, and that making sure is that they had
1: absolutely, yeah. Great.
0: And there was nothing
1: And I'm so sexual happy to hear because that's the behind-the-scenes piece that yeah. nobody gets to look at unless yeah. you're reading, you know, the album labels carefully, which most of us don't.
0: Uh, yeah, I was a geek that did. I was one You were a geek. Did.
1: You're a geek. Yeah. I get it. Oh, yeah. I get it. So if you could go back through his career and kind of trace for us how he got started. You know, where did he grow up? What, what was he all about?
0: He grew up in Minneapolis. Uh, he, was, he went through a lot of stuff when he was young where he was sort of abandoned by his family. Um, he ended up living in the basement of a friend uh, for several years. Um, so he had – I think he went through life with a little bit of wanting to be accepted because he didn't have that foundation growing up. And I think that kind of drove him. He was a control freak. And he even said that. I'm not saying anything bad by saying that. He has said in interviews he's a control freak. And mm-hmm. part of that came well, out... Well, yeah, if with you couldn't music.
1: control your childhood,
0: sure. you're certainly you're, going to want to grow up and control absolutely. your destiny
1: as an adult.
0: Exactly. And I think that what he did was he said, okay, I'm good at music. I'm going to make sure that I take care of How this. How did he get his starting
1: music if he was living well, in somebody's basement? Where did that his come His dad
0: from? was a jazz musician. Oh. uh had a had a band called the Prince Rogers Trio, um, and uh, the person now, I've he, heard of he them. Yeah. and and he um, so his dad uh, played a lot of stuff, and they had a piano around the house, and then the person he lived with was a man named Andre Anderson, who later became uh, uh, Andre Simone, who was a performer, and they uh, he played bass with Prince, and they formed some bands and, and started playing in small uh, events in Minneapolis, little school events and, and just trying to get noticed.
1: Now, was he and, always that artist who was yes, gender bending? Was that something that evolved later in his career?
0: Um, I mean, he he pushed the boundaries later, um, but he was always an odd uh, person who always kind of knew that he'd be changing the world. And it took, it's it, you know, anybody who's going to change the world has to convince those around him that, He's going to change the world, mm-hmm. and he was able to do that uh, to the point where he was like he didn't want to go out and do certain things, or he was he would act a little odd. He was yeah, he was an introvert at times, but also obviously an extreme extrovert with concerts. Now, what about but- his
1: love life? We're here on Modern Love Radio. Tell us a little more about his love life because he's famous for having a number of muses that inspired him, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff floating around out there about his love life.
0: Well, the man loved the women. The man loved women. I mean, adored women. He loved their energy, loved the way they were, the way they talked, the way they smelled, everything about them. He enjoyed that energy. And so he surrounded himself with women in various positions, whether it was managing him or working for him or uh, being contemporaries. And and uh, he uh, was, as many people have said, that were the most romantic guy around. Um, Vanity, or uh, Sheila E., or um, uh, Susanna Melvoin have all said, you know, that this this is a man that nobody could top when it came to that stuff. He'd send flowers for a year uh, to your home, things like that. He would just uh, overwhelm you with, with that um, when he wanted your energy and when he wanted you. And yes, you're absolutely right. They were muses for him. They inspired him to go in certain directions with his music, and they... they kind of gave him inspiration. And if you're going to be writing songs and songs and songs nonstop, sometimes two or three songs in a day, you have to feed the machine somehow. And so romantically, he would be inspired to write songs about certain women he was with. Or if somebody said a joke to him, he would write a song that had a line from that joke or a subject for conversation. So he was always doing
1: How many songs at, did he write? What's in his Oh, calendar? my gosh.
0: Uh, well, think of it factor like this. He worked on it for 40 years, and there were days he wrote two songs a day. Whoa. So, yeah, if you're doing in the studio just half that time, two songs a day, uh, say 300 songs a year for 40 years, it's uh, a lot of songs. Sheesh. Yeah, it's a lot of songs. That's an extraordinary legacy. We're going to be great. You know, extraordinary
1: not always, legacy. You know, now, yeah. let's back to the love life for a moment because yes. this is modern love radio. Yes, of course. Of Did course. he have any particular problems? with the women in his life, because it seems as if there were lots of them. Was he someone who just wasn't able to commit, or what's going on there?
0: I think, I mean, I can only speculate on some of this stuff, but yeah, he, he didn't commit until he got married in, in 1996, uh, but he had been engaged before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he so when dated, he got
1: married in 1996, how long did the marriage last?
0: Uh, a couple of years, they uh, they tried to have a child. They actually tried to have two children, and it didn't work out either time, unfortunately. And uh, that, I think, contributed to his uh, the breakup of the marriage. I also think he's one of these people that you, if you are involved with him, um, if he senses you're going to leave him, he'll leave you before you leave him. You're Right, Well, he me. had big-time yeah.
1: abandonment issues, which yeah. is one of the reasons I'm asking, because... Yes. You know, one of the things we know is that if you have a subconscious unhealed wound, you are going to act it out in your relationships. Yes. And it seems as if some of that may have come through in his music as well Absolutely. in his relationships, this longing, because some of the songs, I feel such a sense of longing when I yes. listen to them.
0: He had albums where there are several references to loneliness or sadness or feeling You know, by himself, and this is at his peak. You have to remember, even at the the biggest part of his life, he still wanted something solid. I think he always wanted to have that family, Mm -hmm. and I don't think he could trust. I think trust was a huge issue for him.
1: Yeah. Now, does that have something to do with why he didn't take care of his estate and leave a will, or or have things you know locked up, so to speak? Well,
0: I think there's a certain uh, thing in all of us where we all feel immortal. You know, we all feel like we're never going to die. Well, he and, had and, more
1: reason than most to feel
0: immortal. Because yeah, exactly. He certainly will exactly. Be, and you know. I think that you you kind of kid yourself into thinking you're not aging, that you're not weak, that you know that you're above this. And, and I don't. Well, and so uh,
1: ultimately, what killed him were painkillers. Was he an addict, or was it chronic pain? That everything I've been told to-
0: was chronic pain. Uh, I he had a hip surgery. And everything I had been told, now again, I don't write about this in the book, and this is just what I've I've been told, is the man was going through pain. And mm-hmm. and like Elvis or anybody else was prescribed medicine. Yeah, and, Michael and Jackson,
1: Elvis Michael is Sch- a long exactly. list here yeah. of people prescribed these opioids that are so highly addictive.
0: Yeah. And that's the High saddest addictive. thing, is, is this a guy that everybody looked to as being Mr. Health, the vegan, um, and just kept, you know, a beautiful looking man. I mean, just, Gorgeous. You can't. You, you really cannot look at him and not think he's beautiful on every level. You know his yeah, eyes, no, he his was, skin. He was
1: beautiful. No question. Yeah, stunning.
0: And then to find out that that you know even somebody like that has something inside of them that hurts. It, it, it humanizes people. It really does. Yeah.
1: Well, we all have something inside us that hurts. So you get the last word, Dwayne. What do you want to leave us with? And everybody, again, the book. You must go get the book because it sounds like it's going to be a very entertaining read. And I wanna learn more about the purple one. And that book is, Dwayne, give us that book title. Prince and the
0: Purple. The book is called Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions, 1983-1984. The uh, book came out last year. The expanded paperback comes out this year. comes out in November in two weeks, actually. Oh, good. Uh, Excellent. In mid-November, and you can get it on Amazon and bookstores, your favorite bookstores, and probably even the ones you don't like, too. Um, okay. My, my last word is I would say that right now my thought is it's our job, if we like Prince, to push that to the next generation because it's vital that people understand that this this sort of real musicians are important. And I think that uh, if we don't pay attention to that, it's going to go away. And, and yeah, I think well, it's the legacy that.
1: that's worth passing on. Everybody, Absolutely. the website for Wayne is www.dwaintudal, and that's D U A N E. T-U-D-A-H-L. And we're so happy to have you with us today. We have to leave it there, Dwayne. Big thank, thank you to our executive producer. Oh, my pleasure. To our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and to you, Modern Lovers, get the two Event Bright and get yourselves in here for Modern Love Training, November 10th, from Money Madness to Accelerated Abundance, because money and love go hand in hand, they absolutely rise together or fall together. We want you to break the old patterns, establish new, healthy patterns with love and money. All right, blessings by modern lovers. <laughs>